0: Churches, and, uh, many churches, but one heart, one vision. Yeah. One heart, one vision. People ask me, well, what's, the, what's the vision of, of, of Victory Outreach? What is the vision of Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay of New where I say, my vision is to see my pastor's vision from the past. It's my father's set, and then that same thing. Whatever Pastor Sunday says, go this way, guess where I'm going? Pastor huh? Sonny says, go that way? Guess where I'm going. Whatever when, he has heart and soul, I'm with him. And So I look around here and I see a lot of one of Sonny's guys. I see quite a few of them. So grateful, so thankful. Uh, you Sometimes you've heard uh, various men refer to my father, whatever they say, Pastor Steve. Uh, there was uh, a few great men that helped build Northern California. One awesome, powerful man was Pastor Ed Morales. He is, not was, he is one of the generals of the faith. That's a victory. I want to make that very clear. It's almost like sometimes when they say victory, it's like we're separate. We're not separated. We're a part of the body. We're a major part of the body. Of the faith, and I thank God for men like Pastor Ed who had crazy faith. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy faith. I mean, just what in the world is that? I mean, you look back at it and you have to ask that question what were you thinking? Yeah. I wasn't thinking, it's just whatever God said. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Gonna yeah. and radical faith. But then also, uh, man by the name of Pastor Steve Pineda, Yeah so I'm very grateful for men like that. Pastor David Martinez, who's gone on to, run yeah. to be in the Lord. I thank God for Pastor Herb and Sony. legacy. I thank God for these men who have fought the fight, fought the good fight, and they have finished. Greatest. Uh, I wanna wanna finish like that. I wanna finish with my boots on. My boots on and flyers in my hand. That's how I wanna finish. Save your soul! And I thank God for also all the uh, mental directors uh, that are here appreciate you. Uh, all of them. Thank you so much. Thank you. 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 Thank Yell in another year, that's a better yell, right? yeah. um, you this, you guys, Doesn't he kind of operate already like a pastor? Yeah. Yeah. You know what that's called? According to scripture, that's called an under-shepherd. That's what it is. So he's an under-shepherd. He may not be a pastor, but he is a pastor. Does that make sense? Well, you shepherd sheep, you're a pastor. That's what it is. Even if if you know, look in the scriptures. According to the Book of Acts, even in a home, if you have a life group, you're a pastor. You know that you're a pastor. So I thank God for men like Brother Johnny that are working and moving. Also, our regional pastor Jeremy, come on now. I want to deliver a message that will help deliver you here today. Amen. That's my prayer. I want you to open your Bibles. Just remain standing for a few more moments. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I also want to thank God for my wife. She's uh, not here right now. She's actually preparing uh, some food for our directors and pastors and so on. They're going to see visions in a little bit, amen. But then also, we've prepared food for each and every one of you men and women that are here. So we got food for you guys as well. And uh, I know that you guys are going to be blessed. We want to make sure that when you come to the heart, you get fed. Amen. Physically, best of all, spiritually. Amen. And then right after that, we're going to hit the streets. So we're going to have a great time. How many streets? Yeah. That's how you can tell the sign of a healthy region. When they talk about saving souls, and they get excited, I would get scared if we started talking about souls. And they're like, "Oh man, I would get scared." Victory outreach. Corinthians chapter 9 verse 22, if you haven't, say, mm-hmm. There you go. that right mm-hmm. there. Throw some salsa in there, some salsa in there too. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 22. To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. Let's pray. Father, pray that you would be with me in these next few moments. But he that doesn't hear, let him hear. that faith arise and let our enemies be scattered. We give you all the glory, all of the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name. We all said? Before you're seated, I want you to give your neighbor a high five and tell him, I am victory." And you may be seated. Worship awesome, Brother Ray. Actually, Brother Ray and Brother Ray. Amen. Ray, Ray over here. I am a byproduct of the home. That's what I am. A byproduct of the home. My father came into the Victory Outreach Men's Home. Actually, I was say Victory Temple. That's what they were called back in 1973. My father came into the home there in East Los Angeles back in 1973. He was there, not for one year, not for two years, but for two and a half years. He used to always say, I had to stay in the home for two and a half years because I had a whole lot of the world and junk inside of me. I had to get it out, had to come out. See, some of you think, you think you're good after two and a half months. Stop that. Good things go in the oven, not in the microwave. It's a little longer. I'm a byproduct of the home. So, back in 2003, my father passed away. I had the great honor and privilege to help pastor the church from there on. With my mom, I got married in 2005. And in 2005, I went on my honeymoon, came back, and though I was only gone for a week. Came back. Within that week, I moved to San Diego. Me and my wife. So I was married a week. Moved right into San Diego. Right into Pastor Sonny's house. I'll always be careful of the spirits that follow your pastor. I've heard that. Oh, everybody. I want to get close to pastor. You better. Very, very, very careful. So I went there in 2005. And in 2005, I moved there to San Diego. And it was a, life-altering decision to be able to do that. And when I moved to San Diego, it was very different for me because up here in the Bay Area, there's so much mixed culture that I love. I mean, you got Berserkly over, over here. You got Freakmont over here. You got San Jose, Jose. Life, you got town life, you got the stack life, I mean you just got everything in the Bay Area. It's like a melting pot over here. We just have everything. And when I moved to San Diego, it was nothing but carne asada on every corner. Now, don't get me wrong, it was great, I mean it was good, but man, I, I've never learned so many different ways to make carne asada in my life. San Diego, there was two things that mattered and still matter to this day to the San Diegans. Two things San Diego Padres and the then San Diego Chargers. One has left, so now all they got is the Padres. Aww. <laughs> they need prayer. I mean, up here, right? Yeah, I'm here. I mean, you got the Raiders. Yeah. An altar call just for you <laughs> we got the Niners. <laughs> uh, we got the Giants. We got the Gangs, We got like soccer. We got the Galaxy. I mean, we have like we have everything. they didn't talk about that. We have some great college teams, right? We have everything. You got Cal Berkeley. You got Stanford. Oh, yeah, so, we got, so we have so many different things. But over there, they got the Padres. I say the Padres matter. So I remember one day, I had been now helping the Young Adults Ministry for a few months. I've been there about five, six months already. Still getting used to the people, people getting used to me. And so one day, it was a family day at Petco Park, right? That's where the home of San Diego Padres. So we all went. So there was about a good 80 and a 90 from San Diego, but then also a good 70 from the Mother Church came down. So they all came down. So we packed out the left field bleachers. It was about 150 people from Victory Outreach. Right, we were there, we had a great time. Now, when I walked in, I walked in with a Padres jacket. I wore a Padres jacket, right? Now, I'm a diehard Giants fan, but if you know anything, all diehard Giants fans, there's three things about us. We love the Giants, we hate the Dodgers, And we hate the Dodgers. Right? Those three things matter. If you want to add a fourth, it's we hate the Dodgers. So I went there with the Padres. I don't care. Yeah, let's do this. Let's go, Padres. And so we're packed up. Imagine 150 of us. Everyone's going back and forth. And so we're having a good time. But then the Dodgers were playing the Padres. We go there, and the Dodgers start winning. And now it's late at night. It's about eight o'clock. The Dodgers are winning, four to zero.
1: Then the Padres
0: score. All right, you know, four to one. Then it becomes five to one. Then six to one. And six to one in the eighth inning. Now the eighth inning. you know anything about Dodger fans? Dodger fans love to rag. I'm just bragging. And so I'm sitting kind of towards the bottom of the bleachers, and there's a bunch of us all over here, and I just hear somebody from the top of the bleachers go, "Hey, step up." I thought you were a Giants fan, you're a raker. And I was sitting there, oh man. Father help me right now in the name of Jesus. I'm gonna lay hands on the spirits. But I'm just saying, I'm just taking it because the doctors are women, what can I say? Can't say anything. And so they're ragging on me. I mean, they're just ragging and saying it. And finally, I just got so fit, but the Padre fans, they were quiet too. They weren't saying anything. You're losing, what are you saying? So finally I was sitting there, right? It became the eighth inning. They're winning six to one. Finally, I got up. I just couldn't take it anymore. I got up and I turned around. I was wearing Padres jacket and I go, you know what? Beat L.A. Go Padres. And right when I said that, All the Padre fans finally had something to cheer about. They were like, yeah! Yeah! What he said, yeah! Go Padres! Came the ninth inning. I was there. So you know what? It looks like this game is pretty much done, so i am just pretty much saying all my goodbyes and everything, all right, good to see you guys. Like, yeah, get out of here, all these Dodger fans. Yeah, get out, we love you, God bless you. Get out of here, you know, they're, they're trying to play Christian and Dodger fan at the same time, right? And Christianity and Dodgerism doesn't come together, amen? So I'm walking, I'm leaving. Walking out with some people, we're all walking. Finally, I'm sort walking out the stadium. As so I'm walking out the stadium, I start hearing cheers. I'm walking by somebody with a radio. That a radio, I'm like, hey, what happened? I go, oh, the Padres scored. I was like, ah, six to two, big deal, right? I get into my car. I get into my car, and as I'm getting in my car, all of a sudden it's six to four, bottom of the ninth inning. i was like, wow, that's crazy right here. No way. I start driving. They come back, six to six. They tie it in, in the ninth inning. I'm like, wow, that's crazy right there. Goes into extra innings. Padres scored the bottom of the 10th. They went 7-6. to six. Yeah. All right, So that was a Saturday. I come to church the next day. And as I come into church, I remember it was, a, it was a Sunday evening. I'll never forget. Sunday evening. One of the ladies came up to me. One of the OGs from San Diego. You got those about San Diego. They got OGs. And she came up to me. She was Pastor, stand on, Pastor, stand on. I said, hey, how you doing? She goes, the Padres won. I go, I know, that was man, that was awesome. Hey, anything that beats LA, all right, go for it. She, I'll never forget this. She goes, you know why we won that game? I go, no, why? She goes, we won the game because you wore that jacket. I was like, all right, I'm going to wear that jacket all the time. There was a commercial some years ago. I said it's only weird if it doesn't work. Yeah. Now, if you learn anything, especially about sports people, is that sports people do some weird and crazy things to win a game. Yeah. Right? They just do. You got to wear your hat inside out. Throw it inside out. You know, you wear it like a ragged cap. Put your jacket inside out. No, no. no. And, and, and if you're a ball player, no, you got to have your socks this high. No, this high. Don't put them that high. You got to put them this high because there's just a certain way to win. I have to do this in order to win. I have to be able to get out there and have my pre-game meal. This no, it's going to be separated this way, but this, no, i got to wear this color. If I don't wear this shirt, I'm not going to win. No, I can't wear that shirt, babe. i got to wear this shirt because this is my lucky shirt. Because when I do it this way, I know the outcome is I'm going to win. It's only weird if it doesn't work. That day I had learned a valuable lesson about how people think about winning. The Apostle Paul comes here and he says, To the weak I become weak, so that I can win. There's a certain way of winning. And when you understand the winning attitude and the winning mindset, it changes the way you do things. Why? Because you want to win. Look at your neighbor and say, Do you want to win? So here we see a crazy ex Christian persecutor, the Apostle Paul. Sharing some radical methods to win souls. See, Paul did some radical things to save souls. When you read the scripture, his desires to win souls far outweighed his very own body. He took self sacrifice to a whole nother level. He took self sacrifice to a whole nother level. Why? To save souls. He went city to city. Why? To save souls. He was exposed to constant danger. Why? Jews five times. Why? He was beaten with rods and shipwrecked three times. Why? He went without sleep and even without food or clothes. Why? Everything he did was to save souls. That was his sole purpose, is his purpose for souls. That was it. You couldn't talk them out of anything. Hey, you ain't got no food. I don't care what I went souls. Do you have enough clothing? I got enough just to win souls. See, that's all that mattered to him was saving souls. He was willing to be anything or nothing to do this or that by any means that he might save some. See, soul saving had become a master passion for his souls. He was in the world for it and everything must be subnormal to it. Somebody once said, it's to one's glory to deny himself that he may serve Christ and save souls. Many years ago, my father gave me a, a jacket. I was about six years old. Within a week, I believe it was after Christmas. He gave me a Christmas jacket. Within a week, I lost the jacket. It was done. Do, do I have the jacket now? I have no idea where it's at. But in 1997, I was drowning in the ocean. And I'll never forget, a girl came by. It looked like no big deal. It didn't look like it was drowning. That's what I read about drowning people. They don't look like it. They look like they're swimming. They just look like they're okay. They're just wailing their arms. And so I'll never forget, I was drowning. I had hit a coral reef, if you guys know what a coral reef is. boom! it hit me, I was like, oh man, i was trying my best. And this girl just came paddling by. She had an extra, uh, what are those, flotation devices? I forgot what they're called, little, it's called floaties, right? Little, it Looked like the 10 commandments, tablets, you know, one of those things. <laughs> And she was just going by, just pedaling like that thing. And, I was like, hey. and she goes, Oh, here you go. You can have this one. And they just kept going. And I got to go, Oh, man. Now, I remember that story more than the jacket. See, the jacket didn't matter why. I lost it, it's gone. But I remember that. Why? Because she saved my life. I remember when somebody saves my life. I care less about shoes. I care less about jackets, I care less about the food I ate last year, this is all, well, this is so good. I care less about the, the stories that I did back in the day. See, some of you, you are too focused on your back of the day story. You don't know what your future day story has to uh, give within your life. Listen, if you're in the home and all you talk about is, you got back in my day. You should have seen me in my day. I didn't want to see you in your day. That's why you're in the home. If I wanted to see you back then I would have met you back then But I don't want you Why? Because now you're in the home God is doing something in your life I want to see the new man The new woman And let God do inside your life for you to Become all things to all You are becoming Somebody say Becoming I'm See the thing about us as a church, we gotta understand something. Soul saving should be our passion. It should be who we are as a home, as Victory Outreach International. That's who we are. We are soul savers. Somebody say soul savers. Soul I like what Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, today's Christians spend more money on dog food than on missions. Oh. And, what about the souls you've been going after? Amen. Think about, I mean, think about this. This is very important to me. This, this is very important to me, because listen, I love the homes. I love our, our men's homes our, and women's homes in the heartbeat of Victory Outreach International. Yeah. Listen to me. What does our heart look like? What does our heart look like? If we don't catch this type of passion, we can look like something or someone else. If we don't catch this. Listen to me, I'm telling you, we got to be able to look like souls. We need to be able to look like winning souls. Somebody say winning souls. souls. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, look at verse 16. We're going to read a portion of scripture here that's very, very important. I hope you highlight this, circle it. Do whatever you got to do. Rewrite it. You don't have to do scriptures on this, but if you want to write scriptures, go ahead and write it out on your own because it's very, very important. You don't need discipline to write scriptures. Amen. Listen to me. I'm looking, I'm, I've been I live in a home for many, many years, and I used to do scriptures on purpose. Did you know that? I used to just do scriptures on purpose because I saw the guys doing it. I was like, all right, I'll do it. That's how I learned scriptures. I learned scriptures by writing them. For those of you that are here and you say, well, I can't write, I'm dyslexic, learn. Learn it, I'm telling you. I, I sat with a guy in the home and he couldn't read, so I would write for him. And then we'd read it, we'd go over it, we'd read it, go over it. So I, believe me, I know it takes time. But for those of you who say, well, I can't read that, well, Well, don't worry about it. Get next to somebody that can and let the vision come to pass together. It'll work, I'm telling you. But for those of you that are here and you're saying, well, I, I, don't, I hate scriptures. If there's anybody ever in the home and your attitude is I hate scriptures, I mean it, it, there should be a passion in you. Like man, just give me scriptures, brother Johnny. I can't wait to have scriptures. Oh, I loved it last week, but I cannot wait for next week. Oh, scriptures. Since you're so happy, I'm going to give you this one right here. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. We're going to read a few verses. It says, For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. That's very important. Listen to me. I'm glad you get behind the mic and you share your testimony, but do not boast in your testimony. Boast in the Lord.
1: Woe <laughs> to me if I preach
0: not the gospel, he says. Verse 17, If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. All preachers should learn those two verses. You should learn those, memorize those, put those in your heart, write it down. That's very important. Verse 18. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel I may offer it free of charge. And so not to make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. To what? To win. To win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew. Why? To win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. You've got to remember that verse. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Now, look with me here. This is very, very important he talks about the law. He talks about a lot of things right here. But you know what the scripture? What he's talking about in this scripture? I know you. When you read the whole chapter, you'll find out exactly what he's talking about. To the Greeks, I become Greek. Right? To the Jews. And, You know what he's talking about in these scriptures when he's talking about preaching the gospel? He's talking about racism. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about racism. Because I'm a free man, right? I'm hey Jewish, but I have Roman citizenship. So I understand what it is. So when I understand what it is to be a Roman, I can preach to the Romans. But I can also preach to the Jews. I understand the Greeks, because Greeks are all about thinking, right? They like I like the, the thinking kind of people. But the Romans are all about fighting. So I understand. Okay, but the fight is So I got to teach them. I got to show them. I gotta, so to the Greeks, I become them. To the weak, I become weak. Because when I understand something, it's not about me. It's about God's love. It's a racial, a racial thing he was talking about. I love that because it, for those of you who who've never met or saw my father, my father was a big guy. Right? He was about 6'1". 6'2 sometimes, depending on how strong his voice was. Big guy, at least a good 260, 270. I mean, just big guy. He's huge. And I'll never forget the first day he goes, We're going to go to the Philippines. The Philippines? What's in the Philippines? A bunch of short people. <laughs> and they used to tell me that he would go out there, and my father would stand out everywhere that he went. He would just walk around, just just a big guy. Imagine a six-foot-two, big old Mexican, walking around these five-foot nothings. I mean, they're just small people. Ooh, giant. That's a giant. Right? They would call him that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. They would call him, ooh, big, 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 big guy big guy, ooh, big, and they used, I'm not kidding, they would walk up to him, my dad also had a big stomach as well, they'd walk up to him, ooh, big stomach, big, 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 oh, look, 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 yeah, yeah. but the thing about my father, he didn't care, so what, well, yeah, I'm a big guy, big stomach, so what, well, I'm here to save souls, first time he went there, pastor, now they right? Oh, there's a pastor. Oh, we got to put you up in a hotel. He didn't sleep in a hotel. He actually went into this little nothing. Uh, I can't even remember the, the name of it. Yeah, it was a little mission house. And when I tell you they had roaches, I mean they had roaches and rats and all that. Just, and he's just sleeping on the floor. That's a big deal. But for some people, oh, no, no. And you have to know this about Americans. Whenever we travel, we always think we're all that. I don't know why. I don't know why. But we just have this American mentality, like, my country is better than your country. Travel the world, you see what I'm talking about. And as you travel, you're like, ah, I have arrived. I am an American. <laughs> Red carpet, purple if I wanted to, because that's royalty. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just weird, we have this mentality. And that's why Paul was saying this, he says, look at." Get out of your stinking thinking. You're not all that anyways. You're not. You're not all that. And so here's my father. He's there in the Philippines saying, Hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat this food. I'm going to go to these places. I don't know what I got to do. But whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it. Why? Because I want to win souls. It's not about me. It's not about my background. It's not about my testimony. It's about what God wants to do right now. I win some. Can't win them all, but I'm going to win some. Before I leave here, listen listen to me, for those of you that are passing out flyers today, you should have this mentality, before I leave this city, somebody's getting saved. Somebody's getting saved. Because it's not about your city, it's not about where you're from, not about your background, it's about winning souls right now. Do you have a passion for souls right now? See, the, the way that Paul was describing it, it it's kind of like this like me, myself I'm a Latino, right? I don't speak any Spanish don't even ask me I know I have the most Spanish name Esteban Pineda it's almost like Juan Gonzalez. and so when people come up to me they're like oh, ¿por qué is it? I'm like si <laughs> sí. i not speak any Spanish I'm American, so when I go here in America, I get all the freedoms and all the rights that Americans have. I can do whatever I want under this law. Under the law of the United States, I can go anywhere, I can cross lines, can do... why, because I'm American. Whenever I travel to the Philippines, there, no, I always travel to the Philippines, I don't have the same laws over there. So you know what I do? I try this. I try to talk with a Pelopito accent. I try my best. Salam uh, And I kid you not, when I do it, they go, oh, filam, filam. I know some of you are not like, filam. Uh, they call people like me Filipino-Americans. So they go, oh, filam, filam. So they can't tell if I'm Filipino or they can't tell if I'm American. So they just go, oh, filam, filam. Abu Hay. Uh, no balloon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what balloon is? Praise the Lord. I had some friends of mine that I grew up with, they were Indian. And so I would walk around and I, I had a little beard, so I'd walk around with them. i go, hey, are you doing? Oh, that's good, let's get jiggy with it. All right, let's get jiggy with it. And I got talking like I was from India. They go They And so they would look at me at first, but then when I would stop, start talking, to them, like, alright, let's do it. I guess how? My wife always, she just, she kind of puts her hand on her face whenever I get around. I don't know why it is. I'll get around those from England, and they'll start talking English. I'll talk to them in English. I'll try, I don't know why, my tongue just does it. It's weird, I hear Indians, Filipinos, like I just, for whatever reason, I don't know why. I have no idea. Some people think I'm making fun, I'm not. It's weird because my ear hears something, my mind translates it, and then my spirit or my heart then speaks out. I don't know why. And so when I started studying, I found out that there was a man by the name of Hudson Taylor. He was a British missionary to China. He spent 51 years in China in the mid-1800s. Taylor was known for his sensitivity to the Chinese culture and zeal for evangelism. Look at this. He adopted wearing native Chinese clothing, even though it was rare among missionaries of that time. The society that he began was responsible for bringing over 800 missionaries to the country when it began 125 schools and directly resulted in 18,000 Christian conversions as well as the establishment of more than 300 stations of work with more than 500 local helpers in all 18 provinces. So when the government came in and kicked out all the missionaries, guess who stayed? He did. Why? Because he looked like them. He talked like them. He ate like them. He was weak like that. He looked just like that. So he did his best Why? Because when it came to preaching the gospel, I'll do whatever I gotta do. I am no longer British, I am now weak. I'm no longer American, I am no weak. I'm no longer American, I'm no longer from the streets. I'm weak. Listen to me, listen to me, home. listen Very careful, you're not from the hood anymore. That's not you anymore. That's that you gotta leave that behind. Leave that cold place behind. That's not you. You know what you are now? You're a man full of passion. You're a woman full of passion. I have become all things to all men that I might save some. See, the word become means to change into or grow to be, to come into being. Listen to me, my friend. you got to start learning. Some of you even right now, you need to start loving Chinese food. You're going to China. so you start becoming. Right? Some of you need to start learning Russian right now. See, some of you are waiting. Oh, one day I'm going to Russia. Okay, well, what are you doing today? One day I'm going to go to New Zealand. What are you doing right now? See, that's the process of becoming. That's the process of becoming. See, you're in the home right now to become, yeah. not to live on what you were. Yeah. You gotta catch this before you leave here. You are in the home right now to become. Become all that God has called you to be. Yeah. Become every, become that man of God. Become a man of integrity. Become a woman of discipline. Become a man of obedience. Become a woman of loyalty. Do you understand? That's what you're becoming. You are becoming. I have become all things to all men that I might save some. That's what you are doing right now. You are becoming. Listen to me. God didn't call you. Listen to me, women. God didn't call you to become Kim Kardashian. We got way too many women in the church. I want to be like Kim. Shut up. Look nothing like her. Don't look anything like her. Good. We don't want you to look like him. We want you to look like Sister Julie. Yeah. So like, That's the woman right there. Look got the like pastors wife. Look like Sister Gina. Look like, look like Sister Athena. Look like them. Those are women of God. Yeah. We got some of you men over here. Oh, I want to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> You're there in the home in your free time. Get out the way, brothers. I have come. <laughs> you do it with two. I do it with one. Okay, I do it with two. <laughs> You're trying to look like the wrong rock. You're supposed to look like the rock rock of our salvation, not the one who's over in the Wrestlemania. He need men to look like the rock in the tower of God to become like him. You're becoming something, but who are you looking like? Who are you looking like? Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, others think that the object of Christian effort should be to educate men. Education is an exceedingly valuable thing. But if the church thinks that it is sent into the world merely to train the mental faculties, it has made a very serious mistake. Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And on that same errand has he sent his church. The Apostle Paul re- repeats the same summit in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 33. He says, I please all men and all things, not seeking my own prophet, but the prophet of many, that they may be saved. See, in the Apostle Paul's principles, what he's sharing in his passion, in his desire to win souls, he acted with the wisdom and the sympathy taught by experience by even checking his own self. He conformed himself to the feelings of each of the several classes that out of them he might gain some. Listen, my friend, we know that we're not going to win them all, but we're going to win some. We know that. People look at us as victory hours and say, man, that's you radical. Don't they know they're not gonna reach everybody? And yeah, we know that. We ain't stupid. We got some education. But it's still not gonna stop us from our passion. It's not gonna stop us from who we are. It's not gonna stop us from looking like God. This is, this, this is very important to me, that's all. This is very, very important to me.
1: When I came here
0: to Hayward, and I pass out a flyer. I never forget. It was one of the first times I passed out a flyer. I said, hey, I want to invite you out to Victory Outreach uh, Hayward at the time. We were, it was still only a month here. What if I out to Victory Outreach Hayward? And the lady, I'll never forget this, she grabs the flyer and she goes, oh, yeah, you guys are the ones who wash and clean my car. I'll never forget that. Uh, I go, mean, yeah, yeah, we, we've done that before, but uh, so we're a church. She goes, oh, you're a church? I didn't know that. You can ask my staff, since that day we've never done a car wash. Not once. Never. Never, never. Since then. Because when I saw that, I go, man, what do we look like? What are we becoming? Are we are we becoming car wash folk? That's what they know us as? Well, those are the people who wipe my tires. Those are the people who wipe clean my mats. Ain't no mat cleaner. <laughs> and the washer, wash it. a child of God. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of dignity. I'm a woman of God has raised me up. Who we are. Yeah. Our victories in our outreach. Yeah. Yeah. That's who we are. Our victory is not washing cars. Now, listen to me. If you wash a car, that's fine. Wash your director's car. Amen. Wash his yeah. car. That's where you get what's on, what's off, I Karate kids in the home, amen? So you do need that for discipline, but we don't need that for image. It's not us. That's not us. We're victory outreach. We reach out. That's where our victory lies. That's where our passion lies. Our passion lies in victory outreach. Everything of who we are, we reach out. Listen to me. I understand that there's many times we have a lot of different things, a lot of different schedules that we have to do. But I've told this to my director, and I'll, I'll, I'll share it even here. I've told it to him, hey, if you ever feel at any time, at any moment, that you just need to shut it down, then you shut it down. Forget the jobs. Forget the work. I know that we have to do all that stuff sometimes. Oh, we've got to make bills, and bills got to be paid. Okay, I understand that. I understand with the bills, but don't ever, ever, ever negate faith. Don't ever negate that. That's who we are. And if we don't have to take a job, forget the job. Yeah. The job don't make us victorious. It'll make us victorious like who we are. Oh. Victory, i got to do a job, outreach? Not us. No, we're victory-winning souls. Outreach. That's, That's who we become. That's who we've become. That's who we become Down. Shut, down! Shut it down! Shut it down! And reach a soul! That's who we are. We reach souls. I don't care how good you are, you can clean a tire, so what? I care if you can reach a soul or not. That's what I still care about it. care about it. You reach a soul. You reach a soul. Can Somebody once said, have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. If you don't have a heart for others to be saved, I would really, I would question, are you saved? I don't really question that. Now some of you are in the home, but you haven't become of the home yet. You're there, you're in there. You're doing the duties, the responsibilities sometimes. You're in there, but you're not up there yet. You're not. Uh, you're not from there. This is where I'm from. You're still claiming where you're from. No, I'm from this side of the neighborhood. That's why when people ask you, "Where are you from?" Well, I'm from the East Side. I'm from the West Side. I'm from the North Side. I'm from here. I'm from there. Okay. When we ask you, when we ask you where you're from, we're not asking of your past. We're asking of your future. But can you see it through your present? Can you see it? Yes. See, that's what's very important to me. To me this is to be Victoria Outreach This It's very, very important. We should be known as the men, the crazy men and women that are out there on the streets always winning songs. Yeah. That's how we should know. I would love. I would love to get those home calls. And not the hey, one uh, uh, of your guys in your home? Yeah, he broke my window. It cost me five hundred dollars. Right. Go fix that thing. But you know the phone calls I like. Uh, yeah, excuse me. You guys? Yeah, I don't know if this. Is you guys? But you guys are out here like screaming and yelling, and I'm like trying to get some sleep because I need to wake up in like two hours. Can you guys like tone it down a lot or leave? That'd be really greatly appreciated. Thank you. Goes God bless you, sister. <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> to you, too. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We will tone it down in two hours. <laughs> yes, for <laughs> <God, God>, sure. <laughs> yes. Oh, hallelujah. God bless Oh, lift your hands right now, sister. Lift them right now. Drop the phone and lift your hands. Lift your hands. them all day. I love taking those calls. Oh, you guys left too many flyers on my car. Oh, but did you read it? That was really loud when I was driving by. Oh, but did you hear it? Like those, I'll take them all day. I'll take them all day. That's radical. That's radical. Now, this is what I've learned. You got to become all things to all men. So, under the rights of America, we get to do that. So we're going to do it. We're going to keep doing it and keep doing it until they say, you can't do it no more. Well, until I hear that, I'm doing it. And even when they tell me not to do it, <laughs> i to was, anyway. was in Indonesia the first time. I went to Indonesia. I went to Indonesia for the first time. And I was, I think I was about 21, 20 or 21 years old. And I went there my very first time. And so I was radical right from here. And yeah, I just got out the UTC. Come on, let's do this. yeah, all right, right. Some of you men and women, you need to go to the UTC as soon as you to go home. You need to go. Prepare yourself. Tell me right now. They said, Well, I can't go to the UTC. You go to the MTC. You we're going to go to one of those TCs. And if you can't go to the MTC, we're gonna make up another TC. We're to, PTC, you know, QTC, RTC. I don't know what we're gonna do, we're gonna do another TC. You gotta go. So I just got out of the UTC. I was there. I went to Indonesia. And I was in the car. And I'll never forget Pastor Chucky. he was actually just Chucky at the time. I went to the pastor. He goes, Oh, we just got our brand new Indonesian flyers. I was like, Yeah, man. Flyers. I always had flyers on me, right? I was like, Oh, yeah, flyers. And so he goes, They're in the back. Oh, so I got them. I was like, Yeah, cool, man. So I got the flyers. I put them in my pocket. I was like, alright. was all right. so we're gonna stop off at like a it was like a 7-Eleven. I forgot the name of it, but it was like that. So we stopped over now. The thing in Indonesia is that all the 7-Elevens, I'll just put it that way, they all have armed guards. And when I say armed guards, they got like M16, shotguns, like no drunk over there. And uh, Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world, just so you know that. There's 80% that's there's a radical Christianity that's going on I love. I'm gonna talk to you about it after. Christianity is on the rise over there. I around, but it's on the rise The time is powerful. So when I was there, I walked into the store and right away, I was like, hey, all right. So I seen somebody and I was like, hey, how you doing? God bless you. I want to invite you out to victory outreach. Oh, this is really great. You want to come? So I'm talking in English. Some of them speak English and some of them don't. And they told me that. So I go, I'm going to do it anyways. So I'm just to speak it. And I'll never forget, he looked at me like, what the heck? I'm like, "No, don't really know. God, you know. Jesus loves you. You, and I said, Jesus. And, uh, his eyes like whoa. Right then and there, I'd seen his eyes. His eyes went from me and looked up. And right behind me, there was a guy with a shotgun. He came up right behind me. Hey, hey. And he started speaking in Bahasa. And I was like, oh, no, no, Church, Jesus. And he started speaking. And then one of the girls, it like, was Dahlia. It was Dahlia. She came. And she goes, oh, no. She started speaking in Bahasa. Like, oh, I have no idea what's going on right now. She comes, she takes me to the side. She goes, here, come here. She goes, you can't speak out and say the word Jesus just to anybody like that. I was like, oh. Well, what do I do? So right away, my, my I was young. Like, oh, man, what am I going to do? He goes, no, no, no. We do it in other ways. Oh, okay. All right. So right there, I learned a valuable lesson. She told me, she goes, if you would have kept on doing that and I wouldn't have been here, she said, he would have took you to jail. Now, the thing about jail in Indonesia for Americans... (laughs) Believe me when I say they make the Mexico jails look like American jails. Some of you have been in jail in Mexico, so you know what I'm talking about. And they're not that pretty, but Indonesian, if they kill you, they will... They get you and they'll just dump you. You're just a body. You're not even a number. At least here in America, you're a statistic. Over there, you're nothing. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> I didn't know that. I said, man, it's crazy. What the world's going on here? So as I was there for a little while, Pastor Chuckie started school. He goes, no, 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 I got to do it like this. Goes, so within that two weeks I was there, I was starting to become Indonesian. Oh, okay, I got to get the understanding. See, I just can't come and be crazy. See, the Apostle Paul, when you study his life, the Apostle Paul was so crazy that when he got converted, he went back to the city he was from. And when he went there, he started preaching the gospel. You guys, you're the one that crucified Jesus. And the city was like, man, this guy's crazy. So the Bible says that they had walls. And what they did was they got the Apostle Paul. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't even, actually, he wasn't even Paul. He was a Saul. They got him in a basket and they lowered him out of the city. and said, get this basket case out of here, man, this guy. Get him out. This is what nobody's talking about. He's a nut. So he went away for 10 years to become all things to all men. And he learned. And he learned. He didn't stop. He learned. Listen to me. Especially in the homes. It can look like many times putting certain stipulations and regulations. No, no, no. no. It's for your good. You need to learn how to Become. Yes. Become a man of God. Become a woman of God. Become victorious in your outreach. I'm going to share with you this last quote. This is the one that got me when I was younger. and I'm going to share it with you one more time. And then That's it. We're done right here. Charles Spurgeon. Never forget this. This is what he said. He said, If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one go unwarned or unprayed for. If they're going to go to hell, over my dead body. (coughs) See, some of you When you look at your family, you're not ready to go back to them yet. Why? Because when you go to your family, they're gonna suck you in. You haven't learned this principle yet. See, that's how you know. You you wanna know one of the ways that you're ready to go back? Is that when you see your family as a soul. When you see your wife as a soul. When you see your children as souls. See, some of you right now, you see them as an emotional anchor. That's what you see. I need my baby I miss my baby I miss my baby I oh, my baby and those tears the enemy's looking at it like ah look at this fool right here daddy and the enemy sees your tears and he uses your children I mean that's like the best ploy I've ever heard in my life right like you haven't been a father for like 20 years and all of a sudden, you're in the home 20 days. Oh, I need my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby. Listen to me. How do you know you're ready to leave the home? Number one, you complete the process. Look you, you want to listen to me. Hold on, hold on. You, want the pro- you want the promise? Complete the process. You want the promise, complete the process. But when you stay in that process and you complete it, and then when you start seeing your family as souls, that's when you know, I, I think I'm ready now. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready, Pastor. I think I got this. And then your director, your pastor saying, you know what, you, you've been winning souls. I can see you wanna win more. See, if you're in the home and you haven't been winning souls, it's gonna be very difficult that's why sometimes you see your director like, uh, I don't know, brother. I don't know, sister. You haven't been winning. You're there. You're in the home, but you haven't been winning anything. You haven't been winning anyone. Listen, if we're going to be victory outreach, then we need to learn how to win souls. What have we become? My prayer is victory outreach Northern California. I love Northern California. Whenever I go down to Southern California, that's all they look at me. They go, oh, I'm Northern California, I'm Northern California, everything. I, here comes Mr. Red. I don't even wear red. And I oh. always wear red. <laughs> like right now, I have nothing red on. I guarantee you, they'll look and go, oh, look. He's got red in his jacket. Ah, see, he's got red. He's got red. Oh. Dude, I was never a gangbanger. What the heck, bro? Oh. <laughs> Whenever they see me, they go, oh, Norten, Look at this Norten. Norte guy over here. So you know what I learned? This is what I learned. I just embraced it. Go, yeah, that's cool. Look, look, There's red right there. Red is better than blue. And they get all the... LA fool, LA (laughs) fool. I kind of feel like the Apostle Paul. In a way, in the sense of this. Not in status, but I understand his spirit. I was born in Los Angeles. That's where I was born. I was born there. But I was born again in Hayward. Oh, yeah. so you, I know where you were born. See, that gives you an opportunity to go back there because that's where you were born. But it doesn't give you the ID or the right to stay there. That's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. He says, no, I get it. I'm a Roman citizen, but I'm Jewish. I understand that I can go anywhere under the law of God. Because the law, it compels me. So if I preach, I don't boast in me. I, I don't, there's nothing great about me. I don't dress that well. I don't talk that well. I don't look that well. But I understand one thing, that God has given me